Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of We're Talking Shift. This is the podcast where we talk shift because when we feel stuck, if it's time to level up, rise to a challenge, make a health shift, a relationship, an emotional shift, basically any kind of meaningful and effective change in our lives, the first thing that we have to shift is our thinking. That is the antidote to feeling stuck. Today, everybody, I have the pleasure of talking with internationally published photographer, best-selling author, podcast host, and entrepreneur coach, James Patrick. James is also a public speaker presenting on stages from coast to coast and the founder of Fitposium, which is an annual conference guiding fitness entrepreneurs to grow their careers. James's work has been featured in numerous well-known publications, including Sports Illustrated, Women's Health and Fitness, Men's Fitness, Oxygen, and dozens more. So I'm really excited to dive into a conversation with James that I really haven't had this conversation yet with anybody on my podcast, and that is going to be about the business of becoming an entrepreneur. But I I think this is really a perfect time because in this, well, disruptive phase, shall we say, that we find ourselves in, in this very peculiar year of 2020, a lot of people are looking to reinvent themselves, reinvent their businesses. And and plus, over the past several years, statistics show that there are more entrepreneurs than ever before, particularly in the 20 to 35 age range. So, so that's pretty interesting. But James is going to talk about the entrepreneurial journey with me, and I have no doubt that being the highly successful one that he has become, he will be dispensing a lot of wisdom, you guys. So get ready to take some notes. All right, let's get to it. James, welcome to We're Talking Shift. Lori, thank you so much. I've been so excited to have this conversation with you. Ever since you and I got connected, we had a, we were able to talk and just I just realized how simpatico we are in our thoughts and our ethos. And I'm just, just so excited for this conversation. Hope to add some value yeah. to your audience. Oh, I know. No doubt you will. Um, and I feel the same way. Um, it's been, what, a few months now in the making that we've been trying to get this pulled together. So I'm very excited to. And by the way, can I just start by telling you how much I love the intro that you do on your podcast? And it's just the things that you say and the way that you say them is super motivating. And I think it really inspires you to want to listen to your content, which I do. So I just wanted to share that um, and kind of send you an energetic high five. I think it's uh, outstanding. Thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate that so much. Yeah. So, all right. I'm really glad that you're here today to talk about this subject because as I said in my intro, it's, it's, um, it's not a topic that I have focused specifically on as of yet. Uh, but I think it's, uh, it's a really good time, uh, maybe even more relevant than ever right now. So let's, let's talk about the road to entrepreneurship and probably more specifically, uh, how one, measures success as an entrepreneur, um, common false beliefs and traps that people fall into. Um, you've been down that road. Uh, so I think that that's going to be really valuable for people to hear because it's easy to, to get an idea and then to start moving forward. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like an obstacle course and it's really easy to get discouraged and get, get lost in the process. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's such an interesting thing. I think there are so many misconceptions about entrepreneurship. The biggest, I, I would say the biggest misconception that, that I hear is, you know, if only I had that confidence, because you see only the success of entrepreneurs, which is right. that, that, that top 10% of the iceberg. You know, if only I had the success or the, the, the confidence or that clarity to do what you do, I too could be an entrepreneur. And, and that cannot be further from the truth. Every entrepreneur I've talked to, it doesn't matter where they are at in the trajectory of their career, whether they've done one successful launch or a hundred successful launch, whether they make $50,000 a year, whether they make $500 million a year. And I've talked to them at every step in between every entrepreneur feels the exact same thing. And that is terrified constantly (laughs) second guessing everything and wondering, is this going to work? And what if this happens, if this doesn't work, will people finally realize that 
I was a fraud. I'm an imposter. I never should have been doing this to <laughs> begin with. This goes through our mind constantly. But the difference is, the difference is, you learn this overdoing. The difference is, is you launch in spite of the fear. You take action in spite of the fear. You realize it's there. It's your old friend. It's your lifelong companion. But you just act anyway. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, I was talking um, just recently with another gentleman um, that I had on and we had a very similar conversation about how do you move forward? How do you keep going when you're afraid? And that's a really big thing for people because that fear and in particular now in in 2020, when there's even more uncertainty than usual. I mean, there's always uncertainty because nobody can predict the future. Right. But Mm -hmm. except to know that things are going to change. You just don't know exactly what, where, when, how, (laughs) you know, and why. And now that is all really um, in our faces in a way we've never experienced before, most of us. So, you know, asking people to do things anyway, to move forward in spite of the fear, for some people uh, that's asking so much. I mean, how do... I guess, you know, one of the things that I try to encourage people to do is to just try to get a little comfortable in that massive discomfort of fear. Mm-hmm. You know, how do mm-hmm. you how do you help inspire them and, and encourage them to sort of do it anyway, even if you're afraid, do it anyway? So you, you brought up two things. and I think they're both equally important. And I want to I want to address both. One is the, the fear, which is, OK, that's great, but. If I've never done anything, this is going to seem like too big of a hurdle to overcome, okay? And dealing with fear and overcoming fear, it is a muscle. And like any muscle, if you've never used it, it's going to be very difficult to do big, hard, scary things, right? So these could be incremental changes. These could be side hustles. I am never a favor, and I've never advocated, and I will never advocate of this whole concept of quit your job right now and just start a business overnight and tomorrow you'll be successful. No yeah. way, no how. Yeah. One, one, because it doesn't work that way. It takes time to build great client relationships. It takes time to, to develop a core offer. It takes time to onboard the trust needed to successfully sell something at scale. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I am, a, I am an advocate of building that side hustle, nurturing that side hustle, growing your equity within whatever you choose to spend your time doing, okay? And yeah. when the time is right for you, and that, that, that could be financially, that could be energetically, that could be whatever metric you want to use, then you can start to make that transition over. And that transition is usually the scariest part, okay? Mm-hmm. It's not... It's, it's easy to start a side hustle. And even if you want to call it a hobby, which I do not like that word, but even if you wanted to start a hobby, okay, mm-hmm. and you do it on the side and all of a sudden you get a little bit of success and you start to make a few sales, just selling something online, you know, just as an example, yeah. you start to realize, oh, this isn't as scary as I thought it was. This isn't as hard as I thought it would be. And that was what I did with photography, which is I had a full-time job. I took a safe corporate job, safe, quote unquote. Uh, I took (laughs) that corporate job with a guaranteed paycheck while I was building my photography business. But all of a sudden, after a few years, I got to a point where I was just working two full-time jobs. I'm working uh, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. at my marketing job. And then from 5.01 p.m. to 6 a.m. the next day, I'm just trying to build my photo career as much as I can. And, you know, you can only do that for so long before at some point you have to make, you have to make some kind of decision. Mm -hmm. But here's, here's a question I asked myself and it's a very interesting, interesting thing to look at. I was looking at, okay, I, I I think I want to leave my job. I'm making decent money. I don't know if I can make more money, but I'm making decent money. So what, what is my minimum standard of living? Okay. My minimum comfortable standard of living. How much money do I need to make to do that, to pay all my bills, my mortgage, all that stuff okay, what does that look like in a monthly basis? How much do I need to make every month? How much do I need to make every week? What should I charge so I can make that much? How many projects do I need to sell? So I could look at it and I can break down the numbers and make it hyper clear. I was like, okay, even if I scaled back my standard of living a little bit, this isn't that scary. Okay, so what's the worst case scenario? Let's just say, because in our brain, we think worst case scenario, I won't get any work, I'll never get hired, I'll lose my house. I'll lose my car. I'll be Mm -hmm. living on the streets. 
I'll be starving and I'll eventually just die on the streets. Like, right. And everybody will know it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody will know it. Oh my God. Yes. And and then they'll, they'll point their fingers and laugh at me. Right. They'll laugh at me for my failure. And they'll say, you should never have done this. We told you so you weren't good enough. Right. Right. But usually no one ever says that. And that's not really what would happen in no, in no conceivable way. Is that, is that what's going to happen? But we've been hardwired to think that. So when you think logically about it and I, and I was sitting there and by the way, I tried to quit three times before I was able to quit my fourth time and actually successfully turn in my notice. Uh, Cause I chickened out the first three times. It was, it was too scary. I got nervous. And I was like, you know what? Maybe things aren't so bad. Maybe I'll just yeah. stay here. Right. Ready, so I yeah. delayed, I delayed that for years. Okay. So I get that. I get that fear. Um, but what it came to is worst case scenario. What would happen? Well, I have about four months saved up so I can get by for four months and then Maybe I'd have to get another job. Mm-hmm. Wait, is that it? I'd have to get another job. Right. I guess that's it. I'd have to get another job. And in yeah. fact, I'd probably come back here because they don't want me to leave. Or I'm actually being headhunted by other companies in, in my industry to do what I do at my current job just for another company, a rival competitor. Mm-hmm. So I would go back to doing what I'm doing right now. That is my worst case scenario. And then it hit me. I'm already living my worst case scenario. This is the worst case right now. Every day I get up and go to work. This is the worst case. So Ah. if this is the worst case, it can only get better from here. And that right there gave me some clarity in in what the trajectory can look like. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a pretty big epiphany to have. And it applies to everyone. And the other thing you brought up is we're we're going through a lot of change right now. Mm -hmm. Hard to ignore that, right? But guess what? We've been going through change every day as long as I've been in business. There's, I got into, when I, when I left my, or when I first got into photography, it was right when photographers were making this shift from digital tech or from analog technology shooting film to shooting digital. And there was this rhetoric that real pros don't shoot digital. And yep. real clients will never hire digital photographers. Well, guess what happened? Digital assets, one, because clients needed digital assets. Okay. And yep. photographers who didn't change got left behind. Same thing happened with social media. Real clients will never, never hire someone off at the time. A MySpace page, never going to happen. Well, (laughs) client behavior dictated what what needed to happen. And if you adapted quickly, Mm -hmm. you you got pulled in with the new industry. And I saw it again in 2008 when we had our last recession, which is, you know, there are all these new photographers entering their industry and they are ruining the industry because they're over delivering and they're undercharging and they're just ruining the industry. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Client behavior is demanding something new. And these new photographers are entering the industry are the ones who are delivering these new products, these new services to meet the new needs of the clients. We yeah. cannot be the person who's standing at the edge of the world, waving our arms as the world is changing and the tectonic plates are shifting on us. Just mm-hmm. waving our arms as a tidal wave of change is coming to us. They don't change. Go back to the way it used to be. Please right. don't change. Go back to the way it used to be. And right now we're going through another shift right now. And we cannot sit here and say, go back to the way things were. We have to ask, what do people need from us now? And how can we serve them moving forward? forward? Those are the two biggest questions that you can be asking yourself as we're going through this. Yeah. And those are so key because I know you've probably heard it probably thousands of times now since this craziness began as I have, which is people saying, when are things going to go back to normal? And right there, Mm -hmm. you know that that mindset is going to have them stuck or left behind because there is no back to normal when you're going through this kind of an epic shift, literally globally. It's not even just, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just locally. Um, this is a shift that things will never go back. Um, many things will never go back to the way they were before. Um, but it's an opportunity, right? If you have the right mindset and ask yourself those questions, like you just said, um, you're, you're putting yourself in that mindset to be willing to adapt, right. And, and pivot and try to, uh, you know, reinvent yourself if need be, or just, yeah, look for the new opportunities that maybe you, you weren't even looking for before. It's for me, we, one, we have to have empathy for how much this has impacted so many. 
Absolutely. And I, and I understand it. And I do. And, and even ourselves, like one of our, one of our core facets, in fact, 50% of our client onboarding was done through hosting large in-person events. Well, that is not coming back anytime soon. If it ever comes back, by the way, mm-hmm. if there's ever confidence for that to come back, that was 50% of our lead generating efforts right there. Okay. So yeah. it's impacting everyone. Now, based on the size of your business or who you are, will impact how fast you can pivot. The entrepreneur is set up to really thrive coming out of this because they can pivot much faster, they're much more agile, they can move quicker, and they can adapt faster than, let's say, a large corporation which has deeper roots into its, into its sales systems or into how it delivers or what it delivers, mm-hmm. okay? So if you're a freelance entrepreneur, I shouldn't say entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur, you can adjust what you do almost overnight. Yeah. Because you might not have a lot of overhead. You might not have a lot invested into something that could not be shifted. And it, I keep going back to what I saw in the photography industry over the last 20 years, which is the photographers who clung on to what they wanted to do versus what people needed. Mm-hmm. Those were the ones who became irrelevant. And at some point, I feel like and I had to sit in meetings with other photographers, I feel like they lost the love for serving their clients. Like at some way, shape, somewhere along the way, they lost that drive or that passion or just that excitement about doing something new and doing something creative and doing something exciting for their clients. So yeah, right now we lost a lot over the last few months, but right now we get to touch base with our clients and have these amazing intimate conversations with them and learn fascinating things about the new needs that they have, which by the way, there are needs surfacing now that did not exist before. And when needs surface, opportunity surfaces to deliver solutions to those needs, to alleviate those pain points, to solve those problems. And our job as an entrepreneur is not to look at what our brand used to mean, but what our brand can evolve to mean. I have these clients mm-hmm. and they own a gym in Southern California Well, they are not allowed to allow patrons into their establishment for an indefinite amount of time. Yeah. I said, okay, let's understand that that sucks. That it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, that kind of sucks for you. You Mm -hmm. can you can be upset about that. But let's look at an opportunity right now and let's look at some statistics. One, uh, only twenty percent of gym goers say they're confident in returning to gyms. And in fact, CNBC put out an article last week that said 59% of people at gym memberships say they will never renew their gym membership. 59%. Now, this is also, I did some research, this is also going into another statistic that only at most 18% of Americans ever had a gym membership. 18%, which means 82% never had a gym membership, uh-huh. which now is even bigger because over almost 60% of people who had memberships don't want them anymore. So now we're looking at upwards of 90% plus of Americans do not have a gym membership, do not want a gym membership, but believe that taking care of themselves is more important because that's been brought out large in terms of health and wellness, right? Yeah, yeah. How can we serve those people? We now have been given this gift of this large piece of the pie and over 90% of the pie is right there. And a large percentage of that group is saying, yeah, we're looking for new ways to take care of ourselves because we understand how important it is to take care of ourselves. We just don't want to walk into that building to do it. So how can you serve us? And it's like, let's redefine what your brand means in the eyes and in the hearts of the consumer. I love that. And you're so right. I can relate to everything you just said. I, I knew a photographer, going back to that, back when this uh, when the change was occurring f- to digital. And, um, and this photographer had that exact attitude that you described of not wanting to, not wanting to innovate, not wanting to move into, you know, what was soon to be the new way that it's done. And, um, and, and the business uh, that they had was really struggling, struggling back. Badly. Um, I don't know what became of it, but um, but yeah, it was a real challenge. And there was a, you know, there was such an attitude of, I don't, you know, I don't want to say it in a judgmental way, but there was a, a little bit of arrogance about this is the better way. And this is what everyone should still be interested in rather than 
uh, there was a little bit of, yeah, but anybody can pick up a digital camera and do that. The work is not going to be as quality as good. So that kind of attitude um, just kept this person, you know, back and they didn't move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I get that. I get that. And then to your point about the um, fitness, uh, same thing. I mean, myself, I experienced a great, um, a really great shift in that I've always been a, a, an active person and I've always gone to, to gyms and I do this and that and the other, whatever. But during this these, um, earlier months of this lockdown, um, I, I ended up thanks to my daughter who came to stay with us for a while, um, doing fitness videos, which I had always resisted before. I was like, nah, it's not my thing. It's not my cup of tea. I don't want to watch. Um, I don't want to follow along and do that online and watch somebody else. I, I know my stuff. I'm going to just do my thing. And, um, and then it was like, okay, you're here. She's like, no, but this is really good. Give it a try. So I said, sure, I'll give it a try. And I did. And lo and behold, guess what happened? I fell in love with it. And I was Mm -hmm. like, this is saving me massive amounts of time because I can pop open, you know, my, my laptop or, or, you know, turn on the TV, whatever, plug this thing in, in two minutes, I'm working out in 20 minutes, you know, I'm done or however long I choose. And, and then I'm back to work with whatever I'm working on. Um, and I've saved all of this time and I've saved all this money and I fell in love with it because I was at least willing to, to look at what this opportunity afforded me and how I could benefit from it. And, and it proved to be way more beneficial than I even would have imagined. So I think, I think yeah. what we need to really honor is that so many of these changes we're seeing were going to happen anyway. Yeah. Like, like our, our, our unwillingness to, to always go somewhere to achieve a result. That was already happening. I mean, you, you know, online mm-hmm. shopping has taught us that that we don't want as much of that in-person experience. Online food delivery, same thing, mm-hmm. that we don't need to go to a restaurant every time we want to get something, or we, we're not even willing to go to a drive-thru. Like, what mm-hmm. we want is determining what the world has to provide us. So a lot of these changes were already in the work. It just got accelerated really quickly. Yeah. And yeah. you know, to touch upon, like like what this is doing is there are industries right now that cannot keep up with demand. The demand has gotten so high, like anyone that manufactures gym equipment that people can purchase and put in their homes. Mm-hmm. These like there are literally crews working in two 12 hour shifts. So they're working 24 hours around the clock and they cannot keep up with the demand because people are now wanting to build their own home gyms. Mm-hmm. Like that's just one example. I have clients that I coach who their business, they're having the best financial months they have ever had because they figured out how to provide a service for what consumers need now. And it's not to take away from those who are still in a place where they're struggling or they're tied into systems. Like mm-hmm. I look at like, if you have a brick and mortar right now yeah. and you're in an area that you're not allowed to have patrons come in, you're not getting a lot of relief on the space that you're having to rent out from your commercial property owner. And that's not fair. It sucks. I yeah. get it. Okay. Yeah. So I get that there's, there's a bandwidth here, but I, it doesn't matter where you're at in the spectrum. You have to be asking, what can we do next to serve mm-hmm. our clients to evolve how our brand is seen in their eyes and in their hearts? Mm-hmm. And even on a personal level, I mean, for sure, uh, you know, if you are an entrepreneur or a business person, but, you know, even people that listening that m- maybe that's not their thing, but on a personal level, there are still a lot of great takeaways here for just how you can look at just being innovative in your own life moving forward because of what's going on right now and forcing you to just think about things in a, in a different way. So I think, um, you know, just having that willingness to to shift your mindset a little bit and asking yourself those questions rather than disempowering questions. When is this going to be over? When am I going to get back to? When uh, are we going to be able to, you know, do things the way I did before? Um, th- those are not really empowering questions at all. They keep you kind of stuck in mm-hmm. this place of, ah, we're victims. We have to do this. We can't do that. And you don't do yourself any favor. 
any favors by by dwelling on those types of thoughts and questions. So I think it's important to remind people to ask themselves a quality question that helps them think about forward movement and change in a good way. Um, so tell I think me- so much of that is, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, uh, didn't mean yeah. to interject. No, I think so much of that is just setting, removing the, the, the need to set conditions upon happiness. Okay. Yes, I'll yeah. be happy if this happens. I'll be, I'll feel successful if this happens. And when you set conditions upon it, regardless of what it is, whether it's, you know, you're in business and you want to hit certain financial metrics and I'll be successful once I break this financial metric or I'll, you know, in personal, I'll be, I'll be happy once I, once I'm able to date that certain person, right. You know, Mm -hmm. these little things, Mm -hmm. um, when we hit those goals, all we end up doing is moving the finish line, especially Mm -hmm. if we're really driven. And so we don't really find satisfaction in that or fulfillment in that. But when those things are taken from us, you, you know, especially right now, when we're not in control of what we can and can't do. And those conditions are still our measuring stick and our barometers for happiness and success and fulfillment. We're just setting ourselves up for failure. So I think instead of putting conditions on it, put it into a daily choice. Today, I choose to be fulfilled. Today, I choose to be happy. Today, I choose to be successful. And it's not semantic. It's right. shifting energetically how you are looking at your choices every day. When you look back on your day, you're like, what today did I do? that was successful. What today did I do that brought me happiness or joy or fulfillment? And you're able to write that down every single day and you can look back at that. It's going to really evolve how you really measure this, mm-hmm. this idea of success or this idea of happiness. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to yeah. cut in there. No, that was perfect. Also, I mean, I, I want to hear everything that you have to share with us. So um, interrupt any time, James. <laughs> but I, I love that. I love that too, because it really is about choice. And when you focus on the things that you do have control over, because like you said, right now, there are a lot of things that we used to have control over. Um, and now we don't for, for the time mm-hmm. being, it's not going to last forever, but it is who knows. Right. So, but so for the time being, lots of choices have been taken away, but all of your choices haven't been taken away. So if you keep focused on what you can't do, now you're back into that, you know, victimhood mentality. And, mm-hmm. and if you focus on what you can do and what choices you do have, and maybe, yeah, maybe it's just, well, I have the choice to, um, you know, c- clean out my closets. I have the choice to make a good meal. I have the choice to, you know, promote um, my business in a new way on social media. Because if you've got a phone, you've got access. You know, and pretty much yep. everybody in this country has a phone. So, um, you know, you still have choices. And I think just focusing on those choices puts you back into that frame of mind of, well, it gives you a sense of freedom. It does, you know, you, you take yourself out of that mode of feeling like you're a prisoner in your home and you can't do anything. <laughs> so, I, yeah. So that's important. I think it's really important because choice equals freedom. It's that simple. So. You know, choose the things that you can do because there's always something and focus on that. Um, I'd like to hear, James, about a little bit about your journey and some of the you've talked about a couple of them. But if there's a few more things like what are most entrepreneurs getting wrong? What what along your journey did you discover that um, you would share (laughs) <laughs> as far as do this, don't do that, or here's what I did. Mm-hmm. So the, the thing that comes to mind first, because I could take this in a couple different directions. I can look at this from, let's just say like a sales point of view, where we were taught and we had this understanding that if we build certain systems, that all the work would just come. Okay, if we achieve certain metrics or goals or, or, or got to certain levels that at that point, all problems would be solved, all success would be guaranteed. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about, you know, the, the danger of setting conditions on, on things. And you could say that in, in also in respects to like expecting business to come in. Well, I built my website but no one's contacting me. Why? What's going wrong here? Or, you know, I have a social media following because I was told to set up my Instagram and to grow my Instagram. So I got a bunch of followers, but no one's buying from me. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say like, from that perspective, it's like, okay, well, are you nurturing? Are you building relationships? Are you focusing on relationships over just transactions? Are you asking for the sale? 
I, the number of entrepreneurs I coach who never ask people to buy from them is astonishing mm. and because they're, they're afraid to seem too pushy or too aggressive or, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever the yeah. uh, enter the excuse de jour is in there. And it's like, well, you're not going to get what you don't ask for. So you can build all these great systems. But if you're setting yourself up to be reactive, then all you're going to get is reactive results. You know, I built this website. I hope it sells something that's reactive. I set this Instagram. I hope people just know I'm trying to sell something that's <laughs> reactive. So mm. proactivity is essential in building a business. It's in fact, it's required in building a business, which is determining like a proactive entrepreneur. will look at what they want to achieve. A proactive entrepreneur will look at who is the avatar that I am here to serve. And even if you're not creating something that you're actually selling, like, let's look at this podcast. Lori, you're so proactive because you know who this podcast is for. You know who your audience is. You know how to serve your audience. You know the topics and the, and, and the discussions that need to happen so that your listeners, after listening to the show, have a little bit more clarity in mm -hmm. their life. That's being proactive right there. Reactive is just, I'm just going to start a show and just hope people tune in and I'm just going to talk about, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever comes up that week, right? Right, right. No idea. We'll, we'll yeah. see. Uh, that's that's reactive. So that's that's what, one of the things that I learned this when I worked in my marketing job, that you can't just build these systems and just hope that once you flip the switch, that all the work comes in and you'll just be buried with work. You have to be proactive to say, who am I here to serve? How am I going to solve problems in their life? What was their life before and what is their life going to be after? After they're, they're able to use my product or my brand or my service. All right. Yeah. So that goes across the board regardless of what what people choose to spend their time on. But what I would say from more of an energetic standpoint, the biggest mistake that I see entrepreneurs making, now this is going to seem like this goes against everything I just said. That's why I said the first thing first, mm -hmm. is that you have to hustle, hustle, hustle yourself into the grave. And if you're not succeeding, then you're not working hard enough. That was an energy that I held for so many years. That was a belief that I had predicated upon for so many years was that if I'm not succeeding, it's simply because I'm not working hard enough. I'm not working as many hours. And the only way to success is just to put in more hours to just, and, and we use, and I'm guilty of this because we use words like this as coaches and as speakers and as, as, as mentors, like grit and determination and perseverance. Yeah. And yes, you need to do all those things, mm -hmm. but you cannot sacrifice your body, your health, your mental wellness, your relationships. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I talk to an entrepreneur who they don't take care of their physical body and they're unhealthy or they're so stressed out because all they're doing is work, work, working, or they have literally no one in their life yeah. because they've never made any space for it. And it's like, great. What are you building this for? Like, yeah. well, this idea of success. So there is a balance and it's not this, this season that you have to hustle 24 seven. I do not believe that. Yes. Yeah. There was a period in my life where I hustled very hard to this when, day. I own six businesses right now. Yeah. I work very hard, but I don't work as many hours as I did when I had one business. So what was this? What was the shift? And by the way, is this, are we going into a going rogue story here? What made we you? We can, absolutely. Okay, let's do so, it. So what changed? I was, at the time, I was working both my marketing job and growing my photography business. And my life was, was really built and centered around exclusively myopically focused on building my brand. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. And I was, at some point I realized that, you know, I'm not sleeping that well. And I don't really feel that good. Like, I feel like I'm on the verge of getting sick every day. I'm not getting sick, but I feel like I'm on the, and like, I wake up tired every day. I something, something's not right. So I go into the doctor, just get some work done, you know, blood work and testing and panels done. Yeah. And, and the doctor pulls me aside and is like, James, I don't know what's happening with you. And I'm just thinking, oh, he just, you know, it's just like, I'm just stressed and that's all it is. He's like, no, no, no. What is literally happening with you? Like, you are now 30 pounds overweight from where you were last year. Uh -oh. Your blood sugar, you are now pre-diabetic. 
You have diabetes in your family. What are you doing? Your blood pressure. I have to, I'm going to have to put you on blood pressure medication unless you get this under control. What, what is happening right now? I'm like, well, I'm just working real hard. And that's what we do. We just work real hard. And it's just like, and I'll eventually just get stronger if I just work hard. Like, <laughs> right. like, like my body will adapt, right? right. If I were to look at it, like I'm working this full-time marketing career, which involves uh, not a ton of travel, but a little bit of travel. So I'm on the road a lot, but I am going to a lot of networking mixers. And I am like, you know, you're always whining and dining clients, but mm-hmm. you go to these networking mixers, there's not healthy food here. And you're always having, you're drinking every night. And then I'm up at the crack of dawn every morning because I want to work on my side business a little bit before I get my into my main job. And then I'm not honoring myself. I'm not going to the gym. I'm not working out. I'm not meditating. I'm not journaling. I'm not taking care of myself in any way, shape, or form. Okay. No yeah. way, shape, or form am I taking care of myself. So um, I'll give a analogy of this. Last year, and by the way, this was, what was this, over 10 years ago that this, this shift happened where I ha- had this really just gut check where okay. it's just like I was just told, listen, you, you are working yourself into an early grave. This is not going to end well for you. Yeah. I was on this trail run about a year ago. It was last summer, and I was at the top of the summit. I'm looking down just kind of like catching my breath, looking down to where the trail goes. And I see this big saguaro cactus, this big, strong saguaro cactus, which they're all over here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I was really impressed by it. And I was hoping, I hope the trail goes alongside this cactus so I can see this whole thing. So I catch my breath and I start running down the rest of the trail and I come up to the cactus. Now I can see the whole thing. The bottom third of it is just rotted out to the skeleton. Nothing mm-hmm. left. Rotted out to the skeleton. This cactus is going to crack. It's going to tip over. It's going to die. Yeah. This was my life 10 years ago. Wow. Because what I had done was I had built my business. That was the top of the cactus that I could see from the top of the summit. I built this business, but I had not honored my body. Mm-hmm. So it was on a bad foundation. I built this great business, but I was stressed out every single day because I never took time to honor my mind. And I was stressed out every day. I built this great business. But what is going to happen in a 10, 20 years of building this business if I don't make time for relationships? One, one, will I even live that long? Right? Two, yeah. will I even stop to think about enjoying it? And three, do you think my wife is going to stick around with me? Mm-hmm. Hell no. Why would she? Why would she if I'm never making time to honor that? Okay. And I'm so glad I saw that last year. I had already been working and making these changes over the last 10 years. Like that started 10 years ago when I had that gut check reaction. Mm-hmm. Okay. I started making these changes, but it was the perfect analogy. And I was so glad it, it, it revealed itself to me because it was like, yeah, that's where I was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So now I make shifts and I honor myself and I, I do it in a very obsessive way, but it's, it's a way that I can manage it. And my way is not for everyone. But for me, I have eight non-negotiable habits that I try to do every single day. And the habits go into those four categories. The first category is my body. Mm-hmm. And I build easy habits, by the way, because if I build easy habits, they're, they're, it's less likely I'm going to skip them. So if it's right. like, you know, you, you start out a day or you start out a new habit, like New Year's resolution, I'm going to work out an hour a day. Well, <laughs> right. It's predictable. Um, <laughs> right. So for me, it was sweat for 20 minutes a day. That's it. Sweat for 20 minutes a day. You don't even need to work out to sweat for 20 minutes a day. You could be sick at home with a fever. Just put a blanket on. You'll sweat for 20 minutes. Right. But that's, that's the goal I can hit. I could take the dog on a long walk and I'll sweat. Yeah. That's easy. Super easy. Uh, number two, and it, so this is my body. Number two is I fuel myself. So what does fuel mean to me? Once again, it has to be super simple. Uh, there was a time where it was consumed 30 grams of protein within the first 30 minutes of waking up. Okay, because, you know, 10 years ago, I wasn't eating that well, so I needed to improve the food I was putting in my body, and I was often skipping breakfast and then just binging on lunch, so I was like, okay, I'm going to consume a protein shake first thing in the morning, so I can get some nutrients in my body, 30 grams of protein within 30 minutes of waking up. It's evolved now. Now I do, I drink a green juice every day. Mm -hmm. Super simple. And if, if, if I'm traveling and it's hard to get a green juice, what I do is I just get these green, super green powder packets from yeah. Trader Joe's or from Sprouts. I just shake that up in water and I can achieve that goal. Okay. Yeah. So that one's easy. Or I just sprinkle that into my shake. Right. Right. So super easy. 
so that's body. That's, that's it. So does sweating for 20 minutes a day get me in shape? No, does not. Does not. Does uh, drinking green powder every day get me to be thinner? It does not. Does not. But the habit of sweating for 20 minutes a day, the habit of drinking green powder every day is going to make me want to work out a lot more. It's going to yeah. make me want to make better choices about the food I put into my body. So it's these little habits that have compounding effects because it encourages us to do bigger things. Yes. But that's not what I'm tracking. I'm just tracking, did I hit it? And there are days where I just do that. Then comes to my mind every day, I want to meditate for at least 60 seconds. And that could just be closing my eyes and breathing, 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. Once again, there are a lot of days I'll sit there for 20 minutes because I'm enjoying it so much, right? So the act of doing it makes me want to do it more. Yeah, and then exactly. I journal every day, just journal. Just, and, and for me, it's like on a, on, a, on a day where I don't want to journal a lot, maybe I'm just been journaling a few sentences about how I don't want to journal. <laughs> and then there are days where I'm, I'm 10 pages in and I, I'm like, I'm sad to stop, right? So just, yeah. just a few, few, few moments of journaling. So that's my mind. That's how I honor my mind. Then comes relationships. Relationships, it's a note of gratitude to someone in my life. So for me, that could simply be my wife, where I write a little sticky note to her, mm-hmm. and then I'll put that sticky note, I'll roll it up, and I'll put it in the handle of her coffee mug. Cute. Or I write it on her whiteboard in her office, right? So that's one. And the other one is, I can give a note of gratitude to someone else. Like it could be a coworker, one of my, one of my clients, one of my colleagues, um, someone I'm doing a podcast with. Like I'm so appreciative to you, Lori, for having me on the show. I'm so grateful that Amanda introduced us and yeah. that we have this really great growing relationship, right? I mean, right. This is, that, that's, not, that's not a hard thing to do. And if I can't do that, what I want to do is I want to introduce myself to someone new every day. So if I can't do two notes of gratitude, I'll swap out one. I'll just introduce myself to someone today, which I do a lot because I have to do a lot of sales. So I meet mm-hmm. people all the time. Okay, so that, that's really easy. So that honors relationship goals. And then the last is business, by the way. The mm-hmm. last is business. And there, once again, super simple. Every day I learn something. So I could read, could listen to a podcast, can watch a YouTube video. Every day I learn something. Yeah. And then every day I teach something which I could teach by posting on Instagram. I could teach by putting out a module, putting out a podcast, putting out a blog, uh, talking to one of my clients. Like, it's amazing how many opportunities we have to do these eight things. And by the way, if I really was efficient and I put all these things into a timetable, I could probably get all these things done in, I don't know, an hour. Yeah, sure. Not that much time. But those are eight things where I've shifted how I look at taking care of myself before I work on the business, and I tell you, this is counterintuitive, but I get more done. It's more efficient. It's more effective. I work better because when you honor yourself, you show up with more energy. When you honor yourself, you show up with more enthusiasm. When you honor yourself, you show up with more passion yeah. into what you're doing. And when you do it the other way and you're just working, 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 you're going to be depleted. You're going to be like just pulling something out of a source that doesn't have a well that has nothing left in it. And that's going to be transparent. Your work will suffer. Your relationships will suffer. The results you deliver are going to suffer. And you're not going to understand why until you take that step back and you look at it in hindsight. Right, right. And how could you, you know, at some point when you're so depleted, um, you can no longer find the joy in this thing that you were so passionate about in the first place. Mm -hmm. So really, what is the point unless it's simply to, you know, pad your bank account? And not to minimize that, but if that's the only thing, like you say, and then you have ill health and you're, you're cranky and stressed and your relationships are trashed, really? I mean, is that going to make you happy? We already know the answer yeah. to that and because there's, yeah. And, there's ton- and here's, I, here's what it is. I don't, I don't, if someone really just wants to work themselves into the grave and they want to be alone for the rest of their lives and stress, that's fine. Okay, you're welcome to do that. But have some clarity in realizing that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Accept that no right or wrong choice, but understand and have clarity. This is what I want in my life. And for me, what I started to do was I started to journal, what do I want? And what, a, what a simple prompt, right? It's the hardest question to actually answer. 
Mm-hmm. It is so hard to answer. So I had to ask myself that question every day in my journal. What do I want? And there are days where I can only think of surface level things. I want a new car. <laughs> I want to go to Hawaii. I want, I don't know. I, and then yeah. after a while, when you ask yourself the question enough, you start to strip out the layers and start to really look at, you know what? This is what, this is what I want to be as a husband. Uh-huh. This is what I want to be, not just as a business owner, but as a business leader. This is what I want to be as a coach. This is what I want to be eventually as a father. These are the things I want. These are immutable goals in my life. But if we're never stopping to ask ourselves this question, which sounds easy, but it's actually really difficult. If we're never asking these questions, once again, we're never getting the answers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. take that pause and reflect on that. What do you want? And then honor whatever that answer is. Because there's no right or wrong. It's about clarity of understanding what that is. Yeah. No, I think that's so true. And people are usually quite focused on um, knowing very clearly what they what they don't want um, and, and what they resist uh, and, and what they would like to stop. Uh, but rarely do we ask ourselves deeply, what do we want? And then what is it you think that's going to provide? Why do you want it? And like you said, you start peeling away the layers and then you get to, well, what is that thing or place or person why do I want that? What is that going to provide me that I feel like I want or need in my life? And so it's really important. I agree that you sit down and you ask yourself the questions and you keep doing it until you boil it down to the true essence and you know exactly why you want what you want. Yeah. Cause sometimes goals can be fleeting goals. Like, you know what? I thought I wanted this and it's okay to change your goals too. Mm-hmm. Like once you say, this is what I want, you're not stuck with that for life. You can change your goals. You may realize it was a hollow goal or it's just a fleeting goal or that goal doesn't serve you anymore in where you want to go after today. Yeah. And that's okay. But to, to just start and just to try to get some clarity and this is, this is what I want. These are my expectations in life in, 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 in my, in my relationships in my happiness in my business in, in how I look at myself and how I look at success. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is how we can start to move in the direction we want to go. Cause I can guarantee you will not get to where you want to go unless you point yourself in that direction. Yeah. And you won't I use, know what direction to point yourself into yeah. unless you ask. Yeah. I use that analogy all the time. I mean, if you're going to go on a trip and you get your car all packed up and it's a road trip and you haven't picked a destination, you know, how are you ever going to get there? Or how are you even going to start mm-hmm. heading in the right direction? You've You've got to have a direction picked out. And that's the beauty about goals, you know, to your point is the goal is the goal really is usually there just so that you know what direction to go in. And then, you know, it's just it's kind of like the North Star. So it's a guidepost and you may get to that goal um, and then you may replace it with a new one. You may have changed your mind as you're coming upon it. Go, nah, you know, it's not for me. I'm going to go in a different direction. Um, Mm -hmm. Goals are almost like a mirage that way that you as you come upon it and you know how it is, you reach certain goals and then you feel like, um, I don't know, anticlimactic, and you look for the next goal. Was that it? Yeah. (laughs) Right. So you're looking for the next one. It's like, it's like those mirages you see on the highway. But, you know, if you just keep in mind the purpose of it, at least it's getting you moving in the right direction. So you have um, an intention and some clarity on what you're doing and why you're doing it. And then you have the freedom to, you know, to shift and to pivot and to, you know, change your mind and whatever. But you got to start somewhere. I love that you said intention because so much of it is, you know, when I take my intentions and, and really I should say when I take my goals, goals, I can then break down into what my purpose is in any given year. So mm-hmm. what do I need to do this year to, to start to move closer towards this goal that I've set for myself? What, what applicable steps need to be taken? And once you really determine the applicable steps, sorry, you mm-hmm. can then start to hone in on this is what needs to happen in this quarter. This is what needs to happen in this month. And this is what needs to happen in this week. So every week, what I do is I start my week out and I do it on Sundays and I call it my war room, you know, and I took inspiration from Winston Churchill and the way he would set up his war room. And I literally, I close myself off from distraction 
And I just sit and I think about, okay, I know what my annual goals are and I've broken those annual goals into my quarters and I've broken those quarters into months. So here I am as of recording this, we're in July. All right. So I'm into the third week of July. What needs to happen this week so I can inch towards these goals? And then Mm -hmm. I write that down every week. I write down, these are the, the most important things that need to get done this week. And then every morning before I start my day, I plan out my day by looking at that weekly lineup and say, what do I need to focus on today from this weekly lineup, which came from my monthly lineup, which came from my quarter lineup, which came from my annual lineup. Sure. What do I need to focus on today to move this forward? And then I look at my calendar and I plug it into my day. So by the end of today, I will know exactly what I'm going to get done because I can work with intention. Right. And this prevents us because, this goes back to like that idea we talked earlier about the mistake entrepreneurs make is they think they have to hustle, hustle, hustle. Yes, you need to work hard. Yes, you need to be persistent, but you need to work really smart too. And most of the effort and energy and, and time that entrepreneurs spend sadly is wasted because they don't know what to do next. Right. So they meander around the amount of time we as entrepreneurs meander around trying to figure out what we need to be doing. But if we just know what we need to do and we look at this hour block, like this hour block, I'm going to be doing this task. And then at the end of the hour block, we're done. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. what do I do in the next hour block? You will get more done in a single day than you could ever imagine if you break it down like that. Yeah, yeah. And even that that whole concept, even in its very simplest form of making a list, you know, I'm a list maker. So when I get up and I'm like, this is what I, uh, you know, this is my intention on what I absolutely must do today. And then there's another list mm-hmm. of what I'd like to do. So if I get to the mm-hmm. like to do I stuff. Yeah. So here's what I want to do. This is the non-negotiable. This must be done. Mm-hmm. And and then yep. there's the, but here's what I'd like to do. And so then I, I don't feel like if I don't get to the things I'd like to do, it's no big deal. They'll go on tomorrow's like to do list. But the things that mm-hmm. were must do's, the non-negotiables are checked off. And that sense of satisfaction of checking those things off the list, you feel good about it. You feel accomplished. You feel like, you know, you, you did what you set out to do. And that's a really good feeling. Feeling. Um, and then, yeah, if you get a bonus and you get to do something on the, here's what I'd like to do, you know, list. Yay. <laughs> Good for you. But I, I think the other thing that I like to, uh, impress upon clients that I work with when we're doing this, you know, strategizing and, and goal setting and mapping all that out is not to lose sight of the, uh, the dash in between where you are now and, the, the goal that you're headed toward, because that whole process between now and, and there, wherever there is, whether that goal is a, you know, it might be a a material thing that you're trying to acquire, or it might be something you're building that's going to take a longer time, but whatever that is, there's a, there's a process in between. And that process in between is that those are the biggest chunks of your entire life. So if you can possibly find a way, because the, the setting of the intention and the goal is, okay, got that down. Once you get to the goal, okay, got that down. You're moving on to the next one, whatever. You high five yourself and, you know, have a, have a glass of champagne and then you're off and running to the next <laughs> thing, right? So, so then there's that large chunk in between. That is your life. And so I really like to impress upon people that the better, and this kind of comes back to your priorities too, keeping your, keeping yourself, um, your mind, um, healthy, you know, having a, a solid mental diet. So you are mentally, emotionally fit, having a good eating lifestyle so that you're healthy so that you can actually enjoy and feel good about this process, about the dash to your goals. And I think that that's important, you know, and you, which, you know, from firsthand experience, because you were doing it and you were doing it in a way that you were killing yourself because mm-hmm. the priorities yeah. were upside down. And now until we take that pause and we reflect upon it. 
Right. And so now with the, uh, the daily habits, um, that you put in place to honor success and honor yourself there, it's flipped Uh, at the very top of the list is your body and your mind and your relationships and your, your attitude about people and things, you know, which is, which is gratitude. So now with those things as priorities, you're still probably a working machine, but you're doing it in a way that's, um, that's, that's healthy. That's probably more fun that you, it allows you to, you know, enjoy and evolve your relationships. So it's just, your dash has got to be a lot more pleasant now. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because of how counterintuitive it is to what we were really taught. And what we were really believed were the expectations of how we needed to show up. And, you know, at the same time, and this came up earlier, it is a muscle. So like mm-hmm. gratitude, I'll use gratitude as an example. Gratitude is a muscle that the first time you try to express gratitude, it's going to feel kind of alien, maybe a little silly, or it's just like, what are you grateful for today? Like, I, I know when my wife and I used to do that, I used to be so resistant to it. I'm like, oh, can we just go to bed? Like, I don't, I <laughs> right. don't want to do that. Like, just, just, right. just let me go to sleep. I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to go to sleep right now. And I didn't take it seriously. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because it was so, it was so foreign to me. When you start to get into the habit of it, and I look at at the end of my day, I'm like, what was a win for me today? What helped me today? As I go into the next day, I feel better and I operate better. Because I can track and I look, I keep, I do uh, something called bullet journaling and I keep certain metrics that I look at every day. Like I track how I slept the night before I track my, my mood every day on a scale of one to 10. Like how am I feeling today? I track my motivation every day on a scale of one to 10. What's my motivation today? And I can look to see if I don't honor some of those eight habits I talked about or express gratitude. Like when those things start to slip, things happen. One, I don't start to sleep as well. I don't feel as good day to day. Mm -hmm. I don't feel as motivated. And when I lack motivation, I don't get as much done. I become inefficient and I waste time. And when I start to waste time, then it's just like it it starts to unravel until I get that reset. So I actually have quantitative data in my journal every single day that shows that when I don't take care of myself, when I don't work out, when I don't meditate, when I don't express gratitude – it actually impacts my sleep. It actually impacts my mood. It actually impacts my motivation. And I can see it in the journal every day. Mm-hmm. And that is a reminder to honor yourself. That's a reminder to show up for yourself because I know unequivocally, I know that if I don't, well, then that, that onion is going to start to unravel. Yeah, you're going to suffer. Gonna start to get to layers that I don't want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And I know um, a lot of people that aren't in the habit of of going through the gratitude list, whether it's something that you do every morning or every night or, you know, however you do it, everybody has their way. I do it. Um, and it is, it's not something, it's kind of like you said, it seems if, if, it's, if, if it's not something you're accustomed to doing or thinking about, it feels silly at first. And we've talked about mm-hmm. it a lot on my podcast with other guests too. And I know that there are probably people out there that, you know, roll their eyes and go, Oh, it's the gratitude talk again. But that's because people know it works. So they keep talking about it. Things that don't work, don't stay around that long. And the reason that we keep talking about it is because it's effective. It works. It ultimately doesn't become something that you just do. It becomes how you move through your day. It becomes how you, the way you, you look at the people around you and the life you're living. Um, it's a, it, it becomes a state of being, you know what I'm saying? So it's not, it's not just, it's beyond, um, speaking the words, you know, in, in your mind or out loud. It just becomes something that you, you evolve into and it becomes your way of moving through the world. And I think that if, um, people like you did at least start to practice and start to give it a try, you will discover how effective it is and how good it makes you feel and how it 
also when, you know, that's also another way that you practice being aware of the choices that you have. So it really helps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It helps support that feeling of, of freedom that you should be feeling. At least if you live here in the United States, you have a lot of freedoms and we forget the freedom of choices that we have when we don't sit down and be grateful for what we do have and, and be grateful for the things that we do have control over. So I think that, you know, that practice of gratitude is so effective in, in helping that mindset shift. So I'm really glad you talked about that. I think Um, it's also about finding the practice that works for you because you won't know what works for you unless you try something. So like, yeah, you know, yes, you know, you might have listened to the show like, Oh, this is too woo woo. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I just don't see myself doing it. Okay. That's fine. Like there are things that like, I don't get that, that, that just don't resonate with me and they don't work for me. And it's just like, you know, every now and then I'll have like a, uh, you know, and this is not, this is not to disparage or to throw shade at any, anyone who chooses to do this, if this is their livelihood, but like, you know, we have a lot of, uh, I'll say like spiritual coaches want to be a part of my podcast or, or coaching, coaching our, our, our mastermind members, things like that. Sure. And, you know, if they're just throwing around a lot of buzzwords about, you know, have to get an alignment and, you know, yeah. it's all about finding your true self, you know, it's like, okay, it's fine. It doesn't work for me though. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work for me, but I don't judge it for what right. it is. Right. Like not for me, that's fine. But at the same time, when I have conversations with them, I realize, oh, wow, I actually do a lot of these things. I just call them something differently or yeah. I, I look at them in a different sense, you know? So it's like, there's yeah. so much commonality. So you won't know what actually works for you unless you take that time to just give yourself that pause and just try something out to, and modify it to see what works for you and what serves you because that's how you start to find the real results in this. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because it's so true. A lot of times it is simply the way it's phrased or the words being used or the context. And if it's just not vibing with you, you just want to reject the whole thing. But really just, you know, figure out your way to try it, what resonates with you and, you know, and see how it changes your life. Because it really can if you just if you're open to it and you don't get hung up on, you know, the way other people say it, it needs to be or you know, how you need to do it. There's, there's, there's no one way. So that's perfect. Um, I have one last question for you, James, but before I ask you, why don't you go ahead and share, um, where people can find out more about you and your services? Oh, sure. I appreciate that so much. So super simple. Uh, the website is jamespatrick.com and the podcast is beyond the image, uh, which is available wherever, wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. All right. Perfect. So, uh, I was listening to one of your podcasts and I remember you said something about just, I think this would be a nice, um, period at the end of the sentence here. You said, um, you, you focus on three things and you say today was a success because I chose three things. And do you remember what those are? I think that would be a nice thing to share with the Mm -hmm. listeners. So, you know, and that, that will change day to day. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I can tell you what has been on my mind most recently as we've been going through this. Uh, when I look back on my day, it is, um, did I show up for myself? Mm. That's an important one. And how I show up for myself is really for me, it's, it's a personal gauge of how, how distracted did I allow myself to be today? Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause if I allow distraction and, and when I say, I want to be clear, when I say distraction, I don't mean, um, I don't mean like I did something fun today and that was a distraction. No, you're allowed to have fun. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's just part of life. But like, yeah. you know, there are certain things, especially in business that I'll consider shiny object syndrome Yeah, <laughs> where it's like, I'll go down a rabbit hole. I'm like, no, James, stop doing this. You're, you're doing this because you're avoiding the real work. Me too. Okay. I'm guilty of yep. that, James. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So did, did I honor myself today? Uh, number two was, did I honor my relationships today? Yes. Uh, so, you know, particularly right now, our relationships have been put under, uh, well, a lot of stress and strain because we're in new circumstances. I can tell you like, you know, and, and my wife would be fine with me sharing this, but for my wife and I, 
we're not used to being around each other 24 <laughs> seven. We've never had that. Uh, you know, she would go into her work office. I would go, uh, I spend a lot more time in my studio, but guess what? We're both working from home right now <laughs> and we both have home offices and we're both around each other 24 seven. That's going to put a lot of strain on any relationship. So it's important that you reinvest into what makes that relationship amazing and you show up for that relationship, but then you also honor the space that you need when you need that space. Okay. So that's an open conversation we had. And then right now, because of how much everything is changing, how much everything is shifting in the world right now, it's making sure that I am available and I'm showing up for my clients because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of uncertainty right now. There's a lot of fear right now. And there's a lot of questions happening right now. So I've actually doubled down on the time that I spend or I make myself available for my clients to reach me doing coaching, doing live trainings, things like that. I put way more energy and investment into that throughout this entire thing, because it's important for me to make sure that my clients, even here's the thing, even the clients who are not yet investing in me, but mm-hmm. they're just in our ecosystem. They, they follow us on Instagram or they listen to the podcast, wherever it is. I want them to feel like they're respected, heard, and supported through this time. So those would be the three things I would say, like, especially this week, have been really important to me. Nice. Those are awesome. I think that you have shared a ton of really great, really valuable stuff today. I know that the listeners are going to get a lot out of it. And wow, uh, I can't believe how fast that hour flew by. <laughs> this was I can't believe this, it was an hour. That's amazing. I know, I know. So I, uh, I'm so grateful. James, that you spent this time with us today. And um, and this was a really, really great conversation. I totally enjoyed it. And I look forward to having another one with you again in the not too distant future. I would love that. I appreciate you so much. I just, I just want to thank you so much because, you know, and, and I said this at the top of the show, how you show up, your energy, really what you found is your mission in supporting others. Mm-hmm. It is so important right now. And I cannot meet enough good people like you. I wish there were more individuals like you, Lori. The work you do is so amazing. I'm just so appreciative for you and for this opportunity to have this conversation. Well, thank you. And the feeling is super mutual, James. And um, and I will be talking to you again very soon. Thank you. Can't wait. Well, I hope that by hearing all the really great advice given by James helps you avoid some of the stumbling blocks that can trip you up on your journey to become to becoming a successful, happy, and healthy entrepreneur, I encourage you to check out his website, jamespatrick.com. He offers a fountain of resources and services to help you achieve success in your business endeavors. And if you'd like some guidance, shifting your mindset and getting unstuck, head on over to lauriebischoff.com where you can learn what private coaching with me is all about. You will find my books there too. Common Sense Happiness, which will help you create a healthy mental diet, shift your thinking, and then, of course, the Food Print Plan, which helps you create a healthy eating lifestyle. Both of these books will help you make the shifts required to create a life that you feel in control of and good about. If you find value in what we talk about on We're Talking Shift, please take a quick minute to just give it a rating and a little review. It would mean a lot to me. It's very helpful. And your reviews also inspire other people to give it a listen and hear all of the great shift being shared here. Until next week, stay feisty, my friends. Stay healthy and go make some epic shift happen in your lives. You too, Gary Vee.